0: book three canto ten of the fairy queen by edmund Spenser. this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by thomas Copeland. Canto, canto ten paradel rapeth helenor malbecco her pursues finds amongst satyrs whence with him to turn she doth refuse the morrow next so soon as phoebus lampy red, had the world with early light and fresh aurora had the shady damp out of the goodly heaven moved quite, fair Britomart and that same fairy knight uprose, forth on their journey for to wend. But Paradel complained that his late fight with Britomart so sordid him offend that ride he could not till his hurts he did amend. So forth they fared, but he behind them stayed, Malgray his host, who grudged grievously to house a guest that would be needs obeyed, and of his own him left not liberty, might wanting measure moveth circuitry. Two things he feared, but the third was death, that fierce young man's unruly mastery, his money which he loved as living breath, and his fair wife, whom honest long he kept uneath. But patience perforce he must abide, what fortune and his fate on him will lay, Fond is the fear that finds no remedy, yet warily he watcheth every way by which he feareth evil happen may. So the evil thinks by watching to prevent. ne doth he suffer her nor night nor day out of his sight herself once to absent. So doth he punish her, and eke he himself torment. But Paradel kept better watch than he, a fit occasion for his turn to find. False love? Why do men say, Thou canst not see, and in their foolish fancy feign thee blind, that with thy charms the sharpest sight dost bind and to thy will abuse? Thou walkest free and seest every secret of the mind. Thou seest all, yet none at all sees thee. All that is by the working of thy deity. So perfect in that art was Paradel that he Malbecco's halven eye did wile, his halven eye he wiled wondrous well, and Helenor's both eyes did eke beguile, both eyes and heart at once, during the while that he there sojourned at his wounds to heal, that Cupid's self it seeing close did smile to weet how he her love away did steal, and bade that none their joyous treason should reveal. The learned lover lost no time nor tide that least advantage mote to him afford, yet bore so fair a sail that none espied his secret drift, till he her laid aboard, when so in open place and common board he fortuned her to meet, with common speech he courted her, yet baited every word that his ungentle host note him a peach of vile ungentleness or his breach but when apart if ever her apart he found then his false engines fast he plied and all the slights unbosomed in his heart he sighed he sobbed he swooned he purdy died and cast himself on ground her fast beside though when again he him bethought to live he wept and wailed and false laments belied saying but if she mercy would him give that he mote all gates die yet did his death forgive and otherwhiles with amorous delights and pleasing toys he would her entertain now singing sweetly to surprise her sprites now making lays of love and lovers pain bransels ballades virlays and verses vain oft purposes oft riddles he devised and thousands like which flowed in his brain with which he fed her fancy and enticed to take to his new love and leave her old despised and everywhere he might and every while he did her service dutiful and sewed at hand with humble pride and pleasing guile so closely yet that none but she it viewed who well perceived all and all endued thus finally did he his false nets dispread with which he many weak-hearts had subdued of yore, and many had alike misled. What wonder, then, if she were likewise carry it? No fort so sensible, no wall so strong, but that continual battery will rive, or daily siege, through disperveance long, and lack of rescues, will to parley drive. And peace, that unto parley ear will give, will shortly yield itself and will be made the vassal of the victor's will belive that stratagem had oftentimes essayed this crafty paramour and now it plain displayed for through his trains he her intrepid hath that she her love and heart hath wholly sold to him without regard of gain or scath or care of credit or of husband old whom she hath vowed to dub a fair cuckold Not once but time and place, which shortly she devised hath, and to her lover told, it pleased well. So well they both agree, so ready right to ill, ill women's counsels be. Dark was the evening, fit for lover's stealth, when chanced Malbecco busy be elsewhere. She to his closet went, where all his wealth lay hid. Thereof she countless sums did rear, the which she meant away with her to bear. The rest she fired for sport and for despite, as Helen, when she saw aloft appear the Trojan flames and reach to heaven's height, did clap her hands and joyed at that doleful sight. This second Helen, fair dame Helenor the whiles her husband ran with sorry haste to quench the flames which she had timed before laughed at his foolish labour spent in waste and ran into her lover's arms right fast where straight embraced she to him did cry and call aloud for help ere help were passed for lo that guest would bear her forcibly and meant to ravish her that rather had to die THE WRETCHED MAN HEARING HER CALL FOR AID AND READY SEEING HIM WITH HER TO FLY IN HIS DISQUIET MIND WAS MUCH DISMAYED BUT WHEN AGAIN HE BACKWARD CAST HIS EYE AND SAW THE WICKED FIRE SO FURIOUSLY CONSUME HIS HEART AND SCORCH HIS idol's FACE HE WAS THEREWITH DISTRESSED DIVERSLY wist HE HOW TO TURN NOR TO WHAT PLACE WAS NEVER WRETCHED MAN IN SUCH A WOEFUL CASE I when to him she cried, to her he turned, and left the fire. Love money overcame, but when he marked how his money burned, he left his wife. Money did love disclaim. Both was he loath to lose his love dame, and loath to leave his leafest pelf behind. Yet sith he not save both, he saved that same which was the dearest to his dunghill mind, the god of his desire, the joy of misers blind. Thus, whilst all things in troublous uproar were, and all men busy to suppress the flame, the loving couple need no rescue fear, but leisure had, and liberty, to frame their purposed flight, free from all men's reclaim. And night, the patroness of love's stealth fair, gave them safe conduct, till to end they came. So been they gone afear, a wanton pair of lovers loosely knit, where list them to repair. Soon as the cruel flames aslaked were, Malbeco seeing how his loss did lie, out of the flames which he had quenched while e'er into huge waves of grief and jealousy, full deep and plunge it was, and drowned nigh, Twixt inward duel and felonous despite. He raved, he wept, he stamped, he loud did cry, and all the passions that in man may light did him at once oppress and vex his caitiff sprite. Long thus he chawed the cud of inward grief, And did consume his gall with anguish sore. Still, when he mused on his late mischief, Then still the smart thereof increased more, And seemed more grievous than it was before. At last, when sorrow he saw booted not, Nay grief might not his love to him restore, He gan devise how her he rescue not. Ten thousand ways he cast in his confused thought, at last resolving like a pilgrim poor To search her forth, Whereso she might be found, And bearing with him treasure In close store, The rest he leaves in ground, So takes in hand to seek her end long, Both by sea and long. Long he her sought, He sought her far and near, And everywhere that he mote understand, Of knights and ladies any meetings were, And of each one he met He tidings did inquire but all in vain his woman was too wise ever to come into his clutch again and he too simple ever to surprise the jolly paradel for all his pain one day as he forpassed by the plain with weary pace he far away espied a couple seeming well to be his twain which hoved close under a forest side as if they lay in wait or else themselves did hide well weened he that those the same mote be and as he better did their shape of eyes, him seemed more their manner to degree. For the one was armed all in warlike wise, whom to be paradel he did devise, and the other, all clad in garments light, discolored like to womanish disguise, he did resemble to his lady bright, and ever his faint heart much earned at the sight. And ever fain he towards them would go, But yet durst not for dread approach nigh, But stood aloof, unweeting what to do, Till that pricked forth with love's extremity, That is the father of foul jealousy, He closely nearer crept, the truth to wait. But as he nigher drew, he easily might cern That it was not his sweetest sweet, Nay yet her bellamour the partner of his sheet. But it was scornful Braggadocio that with his servant Trumpart hovered there, sith late he fled from his too earnest foe, whom such, when as Malbecco spied clear, he turned back, and would have fled rear, till Trumpart, running hastily, him did stay, and bade before his sovereign lord appear. That was him loath. Yet durst he not gainsay, and coming him before, lo, louted on the lay. The boaster at him sternly bent his brow, as if he could have killed him with his look, that to the ground him meekly made to bow, and awful terror deep into him struck, that every member of his body quok, said he, Thou man of naught, what dost thou here unfitly furnished with thy bag and book? For I expected one with shield and spear to prove some deeds of arms upon an equal peer. The wretched man at his imperious speech was all abashed, and, low prostrating, said, Good sir, let not my rudeness be no breach unto your patience, may be ill-appaid, for I unwares this way by fortune strayed a silly pilgrim driven to distress that seek a lady. There he sudden stayed, and did the rest with grievous sighs suppress, while tears stood in his eyes, few drops of bitterness what lady man said trumpet take good heart and tell thy grief if any hidden lie was never better time to show thy smart than now that noble succour is thee by that is the whole world's common remedy that cheerful word his weak heart did much cheer and with vain hope his spirit's faint supply that bold he said o oh, most redoubted peer vouchsafe with mild regard a wretch's case to hear then sighing sore, it is not long said he that i enjoy the gentlest dame alive of whom a knight no knight at all perdie but shame of all that do for honour strive by treacherous deceit did me deprive through open outrage he her bore away and with foul force unto his will did drive which all good knights that arms do bear this day are bound for to revenge and punish if they may and you most noble lord that can and dare redress the wrong of miserable wight cannot employ your most victorious spear in better quarrel than defence of right and for a lady gainst a faithless knight so shall your glory be advanced much and all fair ladies magnify your might and eat myself, albeit I simple such, your worthy pain shall well reward with guerdon rich. With that, out of his budget forth he drew great store of treasure, wherewith him to tempt. But he on it looked scornfully askew, as much disdaining to be so misdempt, or a warmonger to be basely named, and said, Thy offer's base I greatly loathe. and, eke thy words uncourteous and unkempt i tread in dust thee and thy money both that were it not for shame so turnard from him wroth but trumpet that his maester's humour knew in lofty looks to hide an humble mind was inly tickled with that golden view and in his ear him rounded close behind yet stooped he not but lay still in the wind, waiting advantage on the prey to seize, till Trumpert, lowly to the ground inclined, besought him his great courage to appease and pardon simple man, that rash did him displease. Big looking like a doughty douse appear, at last he thus. Thou clod of vilest clay, I pardon yield, and with thy rudeness bear. But we henceforth, that all that golden prey, and all that else the vain world vaunten may, I loathe as dung, may deem my due reward. Fame is my meed and glory virtues prey. But minds of mortal men are much marred, and moved amiss, with massy mucks unmeet regard. And more, I grant to thy great misery gracious respect, thy wife shall back be sent, and that vile knight, whoever that he be, which hath thy lady reft, and knighthood shent, by Sanglemort my sword, whose deadly dent the blood hath of so many thousand shed, I swear, ere long shall dearly it repent. He twixt heaven and earth shall hide his head, but soon he shall be found, and shortly done be dead. The foolish man thereat walks wondrous blith, as if the word so spoken were half done, and humbly thanked him a thousand Sith that had from death to life him newly won. Though forth the boaster marching, brave begun his stolen steed to thunder furiously, as if he heaven and hell would overrun, and all the world confound with cruelty, that much Malbecco joyed in his jollity. Thus long they three together travelled, through many a wood and many an uncouth way to seek his wife that was far wandered. But those two sought naught but the present prey to weep the treasure which he did bray, on which their eyes and hearts were wholly set, with purpose how they might it best betray, for sith the hour that first he did them let the same behold, therewith their keen desires were wet. If fortunate as they together fared, they spied where Paradel came pricking fast upon the plain the witch himself prepared to just with that brave stranger-night a cast, as on a venture by the way he passed. Alone he rode, without his paragon, for having filched her bells, her up he cast to the wide world, and let her fly alone, he know'd be clogged, so had he served many one. A gentle lady, loose at random left, The greenwood long did walk, And wander wide at wild adventure, Like a forlorn weft, Till on a day the satyrs her espied, Straying alone withouten groom or guide. Her up they took, and with them home her led, With them as housewife ever to abide, To milk their goats, and make them cheese and bread, And every one as common good her handle it that shortly she Malbeco has forgot, and eke Sir Paradel, all were he dear, who from her went to seek another lot, and now by fortune was arrived here, where those two guilers with Malbecco were. Soon as the old man saw Sir Paradel, he fainted, and was almost dead with fear, Nay, word he had to speak his grief to tell, but to him louted low, and greeted goodly well and after asked him for helenor i take no keep of her said paradel she woneth in the forest there before so forth he rode as his adventure fell the whiles the boaster from his lofty self feigned to alight uh, something amiss to mend but the fresh swain would not his leisure dwell but went his way whom, when he passed kend, he up remounted light, and after feigned to wend. Perdi, nay, said Malbecco, shall ye not, but let him pass as lightly as he came, for little good of him is to be got, and mickle peril to be put to shame. But let us go and seek my dearest dame, whom he hath left in yonder forest wild for of her safety in great doubt i am lest salvage beasts her person have despoiled then all the world is lost and we in vain have toiled they all agree and forward them addressed ah but said crafty trumpet weet ye well that yonder in that wasteful wilderness huge monsters haunt and many dangers dwell dragons and minotaurs and fiends of hell and many wild woodmen which rob and rend all travellers. Therefore advise ye well before ye enterprise that way to wend, one may his journey bring too soon to evil end. Malbecco stopped in great astonishment, and with pale eyes fast fixed on the rest, their counsel craved in danger imminent. Said Trumpet, You that are the most oppressed with burden of great treasure I think best here for to stay in safety behind. My lord and I will search the wide forest. That counsel pleased not Malbecco's mind, for he was much afraid himself alone to find. Then is it best, said he, that ye do leave your treasure here in some security, either fast closed in some hollow grave, or buried in the ground from jeopardy, till we return again in safety. As for us too, blest doubt of us ye have. Hence far away we will blindfolded lie, ne privy be unto your treasure's grave. It pleased it, so he did. Then they marched forward, brave. Now when amid the thickest woods they were, they heard a noise of many bagpipes shrill and shrieking hubbubs them approaching near, which all the forest did with horror fill that dreadful sound the boaster's heart did thrill with such amazement that in haste he fled nay ever look it back for good or ill and after him each fearful trumpard sped the old man could not fly but fell to ground half dead yet afterwards close creeping as he might he in a bush did hide his fearful head the jolly satyrs full of fresh delight came dancing forth and with them nimbly led fair helenor with garlands all bespread whom their may lady they had newly made she proud of that new honour which they read and of their lovely fellowship full glade danced lively and her face did with a laurel shade the silly man that in the thicket lay saw all this goodly sport and grieved sore yet durst he not against it do or say but did his heart with Bitter thoughts and gore To see the unkindness of his Helenor All day they danced With great lusty head, And with their horned feet The green grass wore, The whiles their goats Upon the browses fed, Till drooping Phoebus Gan to hide his golden head. Though up they gan Their merry pipes to truss, And all their goodly herds Did gather round, But every satyr First did give a bus to Helenor. So buses did abound. Now gan the humid vapour shed the ground with pearly dew, And thirthy's gloomy shade did dim the brightness Of the welkin' round, that every bird and beast A warnet made to shroud themselves, while sleep Their senses did invade. Which when Malbeco saw, out of his bush, On his hands and feet he crept full light, and like a goat amongst the goats did rush that through the help of his fair horns on height and misty damp of misconceiving night and eek through likeness of his goatish beard he did the better counterfeit aright so home he marched amongst the horned herd that none of all the satyrs he must or heard at night when all they went to sleep he viewed whereas his lovely wife amongst them lay embrace it of a satyr rough and rude who all the night did mind his joyous play nine times he heard him come aloft ere day that all his heart with jealousy did swell but yet that night's example did bewray that not for nought his wife them loved so well when one so oft a knight did ring his matins bell so closely as he could he to them crept when, weary of their sport, to sleep they fell. And to his wife, that now full soundly slept, he whispered in her ear, and did her tell that it was he which by her side did well, and therefore prayed her wake to hear him plain. As one out of a dream not waked well, she turned her, and returned back again. Yet her, for to awake, he did the more constrain. At last, with irksome trouble, she abraid, and then, perceiving that it was indeed her old Malbecco which did her upbraid, with looseness of her love and loathly deed, she was astonished with exceeding dread, and would have waked the satyr by her side, but he her prayed for mercy or for me to save his life. Now let him be descried, but hearken to his lore, and all his counsel hide though again he her persuade to leave that lewd and loathsome life of god and man of and home return where all should be renewed with perfect peace and bands of fresh accord and she received again to bed and board as if no trespass ever had been done but she at all refused it at one word and by no means would to his will be one that chose amongst the jolly satyrs still to one he wooed her till day he espied but all in vain and then turned to the herd who butted him with horns on every side and trode down in the dirt where his hoar-beard was foully dight and he of death afeard early before the heavens fairest light out of the ruddy east was fully reared the herds out of their folds were lucid quite and he amongst the rest crept forth in sorry plight so soon as he the prison door did pass he ran as fast as both his feet could bear and never looked at who behind him was ne scarcely who before like as a bear that creeping close amongst the hives to rear an honeycomb the wakeful dogs a spy and him assailing sore his carcass tear that hardly he with life away does fly ne stays till safe himself he see from jeopardy ne stayed he till he came unto the place where late his treasure he entombed had where when he found it not for trumpet bass had it purloined for his maester bad with extreme fury he became quite mad and ran away ran with himself away that who so strangely had him seen bestead with upstart hair and staring eyes dismay from limbo lake him late escaped, it sure would say high over hills and over dales he fled as if the wind him on his wings had borne Ne'er bank nor bush could stay him when he sped his nimble feet as treading still on thorn grief and despite and jealousy and scorn did all the way him follow hard behind and he himself himself loathed so forlorn so shamefully forlorn of womankind that as a snake still lurked in his wounded mind still fled he forward looking backward still Nis-stayed his flight, nor fearful agony, till that he came unto a rocky hill, over the sea, suspended dreadfully, that living creature it would terrify to look adown, or upward to the height. From thence he threw himself dispiteously, all desperate of his foredamned sprite, that seemed no help for him was left in living sight. But through long anguish and self-murdering thought he was so wasted and forpined quite that all his substance was consumed to naught, and nothing left but like an airy sprite, that on the rocks he fell so flit and light that he thereby received no hurt at all, but chanced on a craggy cliff to light, whence he with crooked claws so long did crawl that at the last he found a cave with entrance small. Into the same he creeps, and thenceforth there resolved to build his baleful mansion, in dreary darkness and continual fear of that rock's fall, which ever and anon threats with huge ruin him to fall upon, that he dare never sleep, but that one eye still ope he keeps for that occasion, nay ever rests he in tranquillity the roaring billows beat his bower so boisterously, nay ever as he went on aught to feed but toads and frogs his pasture poisonous, which in his cold complexion do breed of filthy blood or humour rancorous matter of doubt and dread suspicious that doth with cureless care consume the heart corrupts the stomach with gall vicious, cross cuts the liver with internal smart and doth transfix the soul with death's eternal dart yet can he never die but dying lives and doth himself with sorrow new sustain that death and life at once unto him gives, and painful pleasure turns to pleasing pain. There dwells he ever, miserable swain, hateful both to himself and every wight, where he, through privy grief and horror vain, is waxen so deformed that he has quite forgot he was a man, and jealousy his height. End of Book Three, Canto Ten, Recording by Thomas Copeland.